Well, all my stars. Aren't you a sight for sore eyes? Merry Christmas, Byron. Angus. Byron walked into the salty squid bar and hung his dusty black overcoat on one of the mermaid tail coat hangers by the door. Angus McKay stood proudly behind his bar, wearing a scarlet and black tartan kilt with a cropped tuxedo jacket and red bow tie. A red velvet Santa hat was perched on top of his head as he extended his meaty hand forward to greet Byron. The bar itself was populated by dusty, odd-shaped vessels, as well as shimmering slender bottles of the latest vodkas, tequilas and bourbons. At this time of year, the salty squid was an orgy of Christmas lights and holiday cheer, with tinsel and ornaments hanging from every available surface, making Byron's eyes squint just a bit. The giant Baroque mural that hung over the bar depicting a colossal squid battling a sperm whale had been subtly altered with fluorescent paint to now include a Santa hat and reindeer antlers on the head of the two battling beasts. Byron took a step forward to shake Angus's hand, but suddenly ducked as a miniature flying maglev wooden sleigh driven by a tiny robotic Santa and his nine reindeer swooped close to the ceiling and flew a wavy path throughout the bar, showering glittering silver dust behind it. Some of the dust, however, came to land on Byron's shoulder. Uh, how quaint. I love this time of year, don't you, Byron? Now, before you ask, I've been able to get my hands on this wonderful mead they brew in Poland. It's a brilliant brew. A bit drier than the honey wine from last year, but I like to put a bit of eggnog in Oh, for the love of St. Nicholas, don't do that. <laughs> well, see it yourself. One Apis Potorak mead, straight up. Angus pushed a gently foaming goblet of fragrant mead in front of Byron. Thank you. Oh, this is good, Angus. This... this is good. Ah, glad you like it. So, have you been good this year, Byron, or bad? I think we both know the answer to that question, Angus. I think I've been pretty good myself. Treated myself to a new surfboard. A Roy Stewart longboard. On my next surface leave, I'm going to head to the island of Maui to hit the break in Paia. I shudder at the thought. Ah, oh, don't go being a Grinch now, Byron. The uh, lady is waiting for you in the back room as usual. I'll keep the place empty for the two of you so you can have your talk. Oh, Angus, don't be ridiculous. We both know your place is always empty. Oh! And here... Take some of these squid chips with you. Byron walked to the rear of the salty squid to a smaller room off to the side. Deep-hewn wooden tables and chairs occupied the room on top of the sawdust-covered floor. A tall woman with deep auburn hair sat alone in the room, staring at Byron with blazing emerald eyes. Byron. Please don't expect me to say Merry Christmas. You came. Hello, Evangeline. Thank you for coming. I know it's a rather long trip. I was in the neighbourhood. <laughs> well, it's... Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. Please, sit down. Why? Are we going to do this again? You can't blame me for trying, Byron. We do this every Christmas. It's the hopeful nature of the season. And every year, I hope you'll give me the present of saying yes. Presents are for guilty parents and greedy children. My answer is still no. Come now, Byron. Somewhere in that pale heart of yours, you must feel the weight of always being asked to solve mortal problems. Let me help. I know it's been a long year for you. You don't know the half of it. Join us here, Byron. Become part of Leviathan. Let us protect you. Really? You've had experiences with werewolves, vampires, the undead, and Vatican conspiracies? <sighs> no. Well, maybe the last one. Then what possible protection against the supernatural could you possibly offer? It's not the supernatural you need protection from. It's the mortals. They bleed you, Byron. 
They tire you and leave you vulnerable. How would you know? I have my ways. You could stay here, hidden, tucked away and safe, still within the bounds of the mortal world, but yet not part of it, part of a better world. A Garden of Eden deep under the ocean. Isn't that what your initiative is all about? No, at least not here. And if I did, what sort of rent does Leviathan charge for a nice gloomy gothic mansion on one of the side streets? Off Tweedle or on Abel Park? Neither. Too crowded on the weekends and the walk is too far to get a decent pint. I could probably find you a nice dank alleyway near Pepin. Now you're talking. But you still haven't told me your price. I happen to know you can afford it. The price, Evangeline. You invite me here every year for a delightful holiday drink and always ask me to become part of your lovely menagerie. But you never tell me why. I need a consultant. What sort of consultant? Oh, the usual. Someone with virtue, wisdom and honor. You know you're speaking to the wrong person. Someone with integrity and forethought. Still getting colder. And maybe someone not unfamiliar with the gifts of clairvoyance. My dearest Evangeline, how long have we known each other? Centuries. And yet in all that time, you never struck me as someone given to beliefs in the occult. Recent events have me hedging my bets on the supernatural. You want me to tell you your future? I'd like any guidance as to future events, if you were in a position to give it. You want a fortune teller, not me. I do, however, know this very mercurial gypsy in the Carpathian Mountains We're on be- the same side, Byron. We want to save them. Who? The humans. From what? Themselves. Or... Others. Both seem to be threats these days. So, you'd allow me to come down here safe from the distractions that annoy me, and free me from the mortal interruptions that confound me, and finally allow me to get the peace and quiet I've been looking for. I'll even make the sky cloudy on your birthday. Just for a little glimpse into my crystal ball. I need the help, Byron. I can sense a great darkness approaching. Maybe, but it's not my help you need. Whose do I need, then? Well... I always find Santa is a good place to start. You could use the rest, Byron. Please. Yeah. Even if I could, it's against the rules. Since when do you listen to rules? That's sort of one of the big ones. Especially when dealing with mortals. I'm not mortal. Yes. You keep reminding me of that. Please, Byron. Join us here in Leviathan. I'm sorry, Evangeline, but the answer is still no. (sighs) That makes me sad. Well then, allow me to cheer you up. This... Is for you. Byron handed Evangeline a small, bright yellow box from his pocket. Byron? <laughs> I never imagined the holidays provoked any sentimentality in that jaded soul of yours. What is it? Opening boxes tend to reveal their contents. Evangeline smirked at Byron, and then lifted the tiny lid on the yellow box, and marveled at what lay inside. Oh, Byron, it's beautiful. Inside the box lay a small crystal sphere, almost completely filled with clear liquid. Inside the sphere were two fjords that paralleled each other, covered in icy crags, small outcroppings of pine fir, dark, menacing rocks, and tiny mountain flowers at the bottom of the cliffs, where a dark blue river ran between. The closer Evangeline looked, the more detail she continued to see. When she moved the sphere, tiny, glistening flakes erupted from nowhere and showered the fjord in gently falling snow. The workmanship was utterly astonishing. Byron. Yes, I had those little elves start working on it this summer. Tiny little hands, you know, really good craftsmen when properly motivated. Oh, Byron, look! At the very top of the left fjord stood a proud white horse looking out over the vista. Evangeline could make out the shape of his muzzle, the horse's eyelashes and the individual hairs on its tail. She recognized it instantly. Oh, Oldsvadir. 
My old horse. Oh, Byron, how did you know? I have my ways. I'm so touched. Thank you, Byron. It's nothing. Well then, in the spirit of giving... Please, no. This is for you. Evangeline reached under her chair and handed Byron a large box clad in jet black wrapping paper with tiny patterns of skulls and crossbones within. The box was accented with a pale grey ribbon that was frayed and tattered at the edges. You shouldn't have. You haven't opened it. Byron pulled on the ribbon, which disintegrated in his hand and gently ripped the wrapping paper to open the box. Light smoke spilled out of the box and coagulated around Byron's thick boots on the floor. He reached inside and pulled out a cherry red crew neck sweater with emerald green trim around the cuffs and collar. Across the chest was a repeating mural of Santa Claus driving his sleigh under a half-crescent moon while royal blue and white snowflakes adorned the sides. Let me repeat. You shouldn't have. It's not what you think. The fabric was designed by our sea snake laboratory. The ribbing around the waist contains a textile lion battery that not only contains a tracking device and emergency signal in case of distress, but also powers the carbon nanotubes that were woven into the merino wool. The smart fabric offers protection from extreme temperatures by being fireproof and chillproof down to 30 below zero. But most importantly, the fabric can detect any sudden impact to the wearer by, say, gunshot, knife point, or fangs, even, and instantly hardened to more than 800 on the Vicar's scale. Think of it as the most perfect and comfortable armor. I'd prefer to think of it as an abomination of fashion, but thank you. Well, it's obviously not for you. What do you mean? The sweater. Well, it's not for you. It's for someone you care about, to keep them safe. I certainly didn't expect you to wear it, Byron. Thank God. No. My gift to you this year is peace of mind. In case you had something, or someone, you wanted to protect. I thought this might help, given how kinetic your year has been. It's a safeguard for your valuables. After all, I know damn well that you don't need any protecting. It's very kind, Evangeline. Not fun to admit it, but uh, we all do need some help once in a while. (laughs) We do. That's why my offer to join us in Leviathan will stand. In case you change your mind. In case you want to escape somewhere safe where no one will bother you. That's quite kind of you, Eve. I miss you, Byron. You need to take care of yourself. (sighs) It's getting late. I suppose it is. Byron pushed his chair back and Evangeline rose to meet him. They stepped toward one another and Byron suddenly remembered how tall immortal women were. If I run, I can just catch a Zephyr shuttle to Portland. That's a long trip. You know, I could arrange a keyhole transport. No, no, that's, that's fine. I'd rather do it myself. Of course you would. Next year, then? Next year. Evangeline extended her two hands, and Byron stepped closer to embrace them. And there they stood, holding each other's hands in an empty bar flooded with Christmas lights, overrun by tinsel seven miles under the Pacific Ocean, while a robotic anti-grav Santa Claus flew just over their heads, reminding them that this holiday season was truly one of giving and receiving. And friendship was the greatest gift of all. Byron held Evangeline's hands for another ten seconds, then turned sharply and walk towards the exit. I'm afraid I'm leaving, Angus. Thank you, as always, for the mead. Your taste is still excellent as it's been for the last 400 years. Oh, are you just saying that? Have yourself a safe holiday, Byron. Don't let any of those goblins or beasties you go on about try to take a bite out of you. <laughs> well, take care, old friend. Goodbye, Byron. Always a pleasure to have you down here, even if it's just for a quick pint. See you next year, I reckon. I'll see you, Angus. It just might not be here. Good luck, and... And and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all of you. And to all 
a dark night. And from all of us at the Byron Chronicles and the Leviathan Chronicles, we thank you for all of your support for so many years and wish you all a happy holidays and a joyous New Year's. We look forward to seeing a lot more of you in 2012.